If you would, please take your Bibles and turn to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. I want to talk a little bit about how even back in the Old Testament days, this will be 1 Samuel chapter 4, uh, even in the Old Testament days, Israel had the same problem we have here in America. They had a problem of losing God in their religion. Losing God in their religion. So let me give you a little bit of um, background on what's happening in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Now if you find judges, you're good, keep going. If you wind up in Kings, you're going too far. They're right there in between. It's, it's pretty big books. It's First and Second Samuel, but we're in 1 Samuel chapter 4. It's going to talk about the ark's capture. The priesthood that was in charge of the ark was in rebellion against God. Much like we are here today in America, we're in rebellion against God. But there, in that point in time, the priesthood was in rebellion. We find out later, all the way in chapter 7, that Israel as a whole was in rebellion as well. But 1 Samuel tells a story from Samuel about the ark of God and its capture in chapters really 4 through 6 is the focus of this. So the ark was, just in case you don't know, a wooden chest that was overlaid with gold. It contained a gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded. If that blows you away, go to, go to Numbers and look around at Google it. You'll figure it out. And the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. That was sort of the context of what was in the ark. If you wonder where I got that from, you can read that in the New Testament book of Hebrews 9.4, if you don't know where I got that from. So a cover made of pure gold, like two cherubim were sitting on top of it, hammered out of gold on top, facing each other. And the ark was a visible sign of God's presence with the Israelites. And I want us to make sure that we're careful and make sure you hear me with what I say. For the, for the Israelites, the ark... Losing, really losing the ark was about the same as losing God. But we'll see how it goes. So I want to start reading in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 4, starting with verse 5. We'll start there. When the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come unto the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is come unto the camp. And they say, Woe to us! For there hath not seen such a thing heretofore. Woe to us! Who shall deliver us out of the hands of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians 
with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and, and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten or defeated. And they fled every man into his tent. And the Bible says there was a great slaughter. For there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen or men. And the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hopninia and Phineas, were slain. Let's pray. Dear God, as we're looking through this Scripture, Lord, it should remind us, Lord, that corruption abounds all around, but you are still the only true and living God. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, Lord. Let this book live to me, Lord, and make it real to our lives so that when we leave, Lord, we have a better understanding of your glory for it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, is God missing in your life? That, that's really what happened here to the, uh, to the Israelites. They were saying, our ark has been taken. The two sons of Eli, the high priests that were supposed to be take, taking care of the ark, were slain. And they thought they were in a bind. Lots of people were killed. So, if religion is supposed to bring us closer to God, then how is it possible to lose God in religion? Okay, that's what we want to talk about this morning. It is very possible to do that. That's some of the problems of some of the religions that are Bible-based in, in the world today. And we'll see that played out here in 1 Samuel 4. And it, and it really just happened to them. Think about what it says. How could it happen today exactly the same way? And let me, let me, this is more of a study, hopefully, to get started. And then the next Sunday or so, we'll get really into the meat of it. But you can lose God in religion by not emphasizing God, but the ritual. The ritual. First of all, you can lose God by religion, emphasizing it over ritual, over relationship. At its very heart, Christianity is not a ritual, but it's a relationship with God. Though we have a lot of rituals, we do as a church. So not all rituals are bad, but when the ritual replaces God, then it's a problem, and that's what happened to the ark. Now the problem with the ark is God said He would bless the ark. Where was God in all this? He's still God. He's still everywhere. But the Ark of the Covenant was the, the physical reminder of God's covenant with the people. That's what it represented. And we're going to see God honor that in mighty ways in the coming weeks. God, as long as God wills and we keep going this route, we'll see that in a mighty way. But right now, the Israelites are saying, and I'm fixing to read this piece, the first five verses, they say, let's go get that thing, that ark, 
and bring it here and we'll win. Instead of, let's go get the ark, bring it here, repent to God, and fight under His armor. And they lost. So God created us to know Him and to live in a relationship with Him. But sin at the garden has broken that relationship. It is fundamental to Christianity is that we all live in a broken world with broken bodies. We are broken before the Lord. Even the young children are broken before the Lord. We have that sin nature in us because we're born of man. But God sent His Son Jesus to restore. That's what the gospel is all about. So Christianity in a nutshell is about living a relationship with God who created you. So when we emphasize a ritual over a relationship, you actually lose God in religion. That's something you can stay up at night and think about. So at the core, a ritual is just a repeatable event. At the core. I have a ritual, and y'all all will be glad to know this, that I brush my teeth every morning. That's a ritual. I do it every morning. Right? I mean, I, we have rituals that we do. So rituals in themselves are not bad, but when you replace God with a ritual, that's where you get in trouble. So <laughs> think about this. I want to look at how Israel did it, and then we want to emphasize that to us, and, I, and I'll show you some more examples, but it's the first three verses. So we're going to see how Israel, I, I purposely skipped at verse 5 to start. Now we're going to go back and read the first three verses to see how they looked at the ark. So notice how this reads. This is 1 Samuel 4, verses 1 through 3. And the word of Samuel came to all of Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched there and pitched beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines pitched beside Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in an array against Israel. And when they had joined battle, Israel was smitten, again that's defeated, before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 this time. So actually they got beat twice. They got beat with 4,000, and then they're going to do this. And the people who were coming to the camp and the elders of Israel said, Wherefore the Lord has smitten us this day before the Philistines. Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hands of our enemies. Do you see the verbiage in here? They said, we just got our clock clean. We've got 4,000 of our men dead. Go get the backup. Go get the ark. Bring it in. And it's going to fix things. You see what they did? Do you see what they did? They didn't have the glory of the ark in their presence with batter, with, in their battle. They said, when it cometh among us, when you get it and bring it back from Shiloh, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. The verbiage is very particular there. It's pretty crushing defeat, just the 4,000. You would think that perhaps Israel would have gone back to talk to God about this, or at least the prophet Samuel, but no. They huddled together and says, I know what to do. The 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 men of war said, bring out the secret weapon. Go get the ark. 
You see what they do? We do that all the time now. Don't, don't look at me weird. We do that all the time. We'll pull God out, of, out from in that box we have under the bed and we'll say, God, you know, if you do this for me, I'll, 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 I'll do better. I, we do that all the time. We, we barter with God. So they're doing basically the same thing. Go get the ark. It's going to help us. But they're not talking to God. They're talking to the box, right? Go get that ark from Charlotte. And I just read first that the slaughter was even bigger because of what they did. So you have to wonder, on paper it kind of looks right. You went out without God, defeated. Hey, let's go get the ark. You got the ark and the two prophets that were supposed to be with them, or the two priests that were supposed to be with it. And we're going to go back into battle. They got beat even worse. Something's going on. Something's going on. But whenever you depend on human wisdom rather than the Word of God, you're going to emphasize ritual over a relationship. You will. So a relationship, if you know it at the very core, is built on communication and trust. That is a basic relationship. Marriage, friends, whatever. Business, whatever. It's built on communication and trust. So Proverbs tells us, I'm going to read two verses out of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. The, 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 the person who wrote Proverbs said, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not into your own understanding and always acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. That's a far cry from go fetch the ark. That'll fix the battle. That's a far cry, right? Israel didn't do that. They didn't do that. They relied on human wisdom. Hey, I know what we'll do. We'll get the ark and we'll win. Do you see the subtle difference in what they did? But it's so crucial. We can do that today without even thinking about it. We can get that subtle twist into something and just never get over it. And we can lose God in that ritual. So the second thing that Israel tried to do with getting the ark was the manipulation of God. The manipulation of God. Again, that's the stuff we do all the time. We pull God out from under a bucket and we'll say, God, if you'll do this, I'll... I'll attend church better, or I'll read my Bible more, or I'll visit more people. We, we've all done it. Don't look at me like you hadn't done it. Because I'm not the only one that's done it. We've all done it. It's part of our fallen condition. There's been times everyone sitting here under my voice has done something just similar to that. It's part of the thing that makes grace so good. But we've all done it. So don't say you hadn't. I saw some of y'all going, I can't believe you said that. Truth's truth. Truth's welcome in heaven and here at Briar Branch, okay? So basically they said, bring the ark into battle. God's going to give us the victory. That was the mentality of it. That was the mentality of it. They didn't consult Samuel or God. They just tried to manipulate God into giving them the battle because they had the ark. We do that all the time. That's not a relationship. What Israel was trying to do with the ark itself and with God ultimately was manipulate the ark for their good. Now we're going to see 
Lord willing, we get through most of this material. Not today. I won't do four chapters on you. But, but when we get through these four chapters, and maybe some more, we're going to see that when the people are where they should be, God is a mighty, mighty, mighty offense to have on your hand. When we put Him in His glory where He should be. But when we try to manip manipulate God, we lose Him in the process. God, if, if you do this, I'll do that. People do that even for the smallest decisions. They'll say, I need a word from God. And what they, what they mean is they're going to try to barter with Him. God, if you do this, I'll, I'll read my Bible more at night. Or I'll pray twice a day instead of once a day. If you do this. That's bartering. It's bartering with the God of the universe. All right, still back in verses 3 and 4 now of 1 Samuel 4. Let's read it again. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, and Lord, bring it here, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hands of our enemies. So the people went to Shiloh that they might bring out the, from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord, which dwelleth among the cherubims and the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, that were with the ark of the covenant of God. Notice that the Israelites said it, not he. Go get it that we may win. It's so subtle, but it's so true to the reason why they got really slaughtered the next time and they got captured. But if you don't know the story, read ahead. It's great. We're going to get to it eventually, not today. But the ark was supposed to be, again, the visible symbol of God's presence among the Israelites, but they were making it more of a weapon. But it was never meant to substitute for God. This church, I love this church, do not get me wrong, but it is not a substitute for God. God is not contained in this church. We prove that by parking outside for two years, right? God's there too. So I think that was a mighty lesson that, that we had to come to a realization that we don't have to have church in here. Church is when people are gathered together and God's Word is proclaimed. That's church. That's what we consider church. So Deuteronomy 20, Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 4 says this, For the Lord your God is He that goeth with you to fight for you against your, enemy, against your enemies to save you. That's Bible. The God, God of this universe is for you. But the Israelites were trusting in the box. So anytime you focus your religion on an object, a church, an art, whatever it is, you're substituting a ritual for a relationship. And it's a huge stumbling block for us today. And you know, it really, if you focus on a religious object instead of God, it's really superstition at best and idolatry at worst. In other words, if uh, something just had happened immensely to the building and it was not here anymore, we would just carry on. 
build another one. Because nothing happened but a shell was burned. Though I love the church, don't get me wrong. God is not confined to this church. Nor was He confined to the ark of the covenant. But it was an Israelite. They made the mistakes with the ark and left God out. Now we're going to learn too, if you read, and we'll get to that hopefully here in a minute, that it was prophesied by Samuel, I believe. Yeah, he said in, this is uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Let me read something to you. It's verse 34. It says, And it shall be a sign unto thee, that sign shall come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they both shall die. So that's back in chapter 2. Samuel told him it's going to happen, and we see that playing out in the chapters we've read so far. So what they did, they went and got the ark. There's no written word in the Bible that says one word of repentance had come. Nothing but get the secret weapon, get the ark. So the fourth thing Israel did was they expected God to bless them without repentance. That is America's problem up and down. That's our problem as a, as a nation, up and down. We want God to fix all this upside-down stuff that's going on, but we want to also go on living our lives like we live them instead of praying before Him and crying out to Him. So let's see it again. These are verses back in chapter 4, 1 Samuel. I'm going to read two verses again, 4 and 5. So the people went to Shiloh, that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth among the cherubims and the two sons of Hopni, of Eli, Hopni and Phineas. And when they were at the Ark of the Covenant, and when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. It was a party. We've got the secret weapon. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the two sons of Eli. You can read this back in the first four chapters of 1 Samuel. Hopni and Phinehas were two sons of Eli, as I said. They were abusing their priesthood. They were stealing from the offering and sleeping with the women in the temple. And everybody knew it. Can you see how deep the sin got for Israel? Here are these two people that's supposed to be in charge of the ark, sons of Eli, in complete rebellion against God. Yet still in charge of the ark. They attended the ark but they had lost God in the process. So what was Israel's reaction when the ark got there? Let's have a party. They were screaming and shouting. They were screaming and shouting. I tell you what they should have done. They should have tore their clothes and poured, sack, poured dust on their heads and repented to God. But they didn't. Instead, they raised that great shout of celebration and Israel, as we do, expected God to give, us, give them or us a blessing without repentance. Repentance for sin, even for a believer, is crucial to a relationship with God. It is, it is crucial to maintaining that relationship with God. You can't hold on to your sin and have a relationship with God at the same time. That's what we're seeing played out with Eli's two sons. 
They were, if you was, having all that and, 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 and having it all living the big life. Taking money off the top, sleeping with all the temple, temple women. But the problem is everybody knew it and everybody just turned a blind eye. Now, none of us today do that, do we? Turn a blind eye to sin around us? No, none of us do that. None of us do that, do we? We need to confess our sins before God to receive forgiveness in order that He may bless us individually and as a nation. But you cannot, you cannot expect God to bless a person, a family, or a nation without first the repentance of the sin that built the separation. Because there's, there's one little real hard line fact. God is everywhere. We said that to begin with. He won't really in the ark. He's everywhere. So God's everywhere, right? God doesn't leave you. You leave God with sin. And it starts off subtly and it builds. That's how sin is. So the sons of Eli had fell terribly deep into unrepented sin. So to keep from nailing this coffin continually, we want, we want to end it up. I don't, I don't want to do any more of this today. We want to get this digested for next Sunday. So the question comes into this, are we substituting with what we do here at Briar Branch a ritual without a relationship with God over a relationship. I want us to think about that. Do you have God in your life? Do you walk with God in your life? Is He the center of your life as you walk? Are you in a repentive state before a holy God? See, the Bible tells us we're to walk humbly before God, before our God. Not bombastic, not you do this and I'll do that. Not in a manipulative way, but in a very humble way. God is here today. God is available to us as believers through the substitutionary death of Jesus on the cross and the fall of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. We don't have to have the little box. Our bodies are the temple, the church. So I want to ask you, do you have God in your life? If not, we need to make it right. But our, then it goes, are you in a relationship with God? Or are you losing God in religion? whether by focusing on a habit or a ritual instead of God. That's the question we want to answer today. But I just pray that you trust Him this morning. God's house has always been a house of praise and prayer. People to come to the church, any church, Briar Branch or any church, should come to a hospital for the sick. Because that's what we are all. We've all fall short of the glory of God. This should never be considered 
a rest home of the saints, but it's a hospital for the sick because we all come to him broken. So I pray that we trust him and that we're not using ritual over a relationship. Let's pray. Dear God, as we're here this morning, Lord, we are challenged by this. Lord, I'm challenged by this. Lord, I pray that everyone out here is challenged by this. It's so subtle, Lord, it's so subtle. But yet it's so definitive. Lord, show us our wrongs. Lord, show us where we're going wrong. Lord, show us our rituals over relationships and purge that from our lives, Lord. Lord, that we can have that closer walk with you than we've ever had before. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the honor and the praise and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.